May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I still remember the first time I ever set foot inside the old city of Jerusalem. It was Ramadan, Islam's holy month of fasting and reflection and prayer. And we had come down the street from St. George's, the Anglican Cathedral in Jerusalem, to enter the Muslim quarter of the old city by way of the Damascus Gate. Those of you who have been to Jerusalem can no doubt picture it well. The Damascus Gate opens onto one of the great bazaars in all the world, streets teeming with activity and commerce and life. But not that night. You see, we had come down just at sunset, just as families and friends were gathering to break the day's fast. And as we walked through the streets, it was absolutely silent. No one out save a few young Israeli soldiers. But inside each shop, we could see those families and friends gathered around plastic folding tables covered with food. You could actually hear the quiet anticipation, the excitement as plastic wrap was taken off and plates were passed around and each group huddled together began to keep the feast. I thought of that night often, but especially on this night, this year, nearly deserted, quiet streets, Families huddled together, sharing a meal. These are things we know, sounds and rituals we're familiar with in these days of sheltering in place. But truth to tell, it wasn't that different in Jesus' day. The streets of Jerusalem would have been just as quiet, save a few Roman soldiers on patrol, as families gathered to celebrate the Passover meal remembering God's mighty acts of deliverance in delivering the Hebrew people from slavery in Egypt into the promised land. Jesus, of course, gathers with his closest friends, the one he calls family, his disciples, and we know the story well. He ties the towel around his waist and stoops down to wash their feet, a sign of his servant's heart, and of the love that they are to have for one another. And then he shares a meal, a last supper, in which he gives them a command that they and we have honored ever since, to share bread and wine that by God's grace become Christ's very body and blood. Both actions in their own way, upended his friends' expectations, and not just about how dinner was going to go. No, both actions upend their very expectations of who he is and how God is with us. An upending that fills this night with a joy and a hope, even as we prepare for dark hours to come. First, the foot washing. When Jesus insists on washing his disciples' feet, he shocks them into a new understanding of what greatness looks like. He may be God, he may be their Lord and teacher, but he stoops to care for them, 
He may have come from light inaccessible, and he may know what the choirs of angels sound like, but he's not put off by the feet of first century men who wore sandals all the time. In washing his disciples' feet, Jesus reveals to us something of the very heart of God, which is that God longs to hold and to wash and to be a balm. God isn't afraid to be close in and to know our most intimate and vulnerable selves. That, that is true greatness. That is the glory of God made manifest on earth. A servant's heart. Love in action. It's not necessarily what they would have expected. So too with the meal. What began as a Passover Seder and was in fact a Last Supper together is also the institution of that sacrament we keep week by week, the sacrament of Holy Eucharist. A sacrament that continues to upend our expectations of how God is with us. Most years, of course, I would stand up here and say how remarkable it is that we are invited to gather around that altar in all of our diversity, sharing the bread and the wine together. How remarkable it is that God feeds us with his very self, Christ's body and blood, God's very life. But this year, as our physical distancing means that we cannot actually share bread and wine together, I think we're called to focus instead on how this sacrament is the offering that Jesus makes for us on our behalf without us offering anything to it, to the one he calls Father. You see, in every world religion, there is a shared concept the concept of a sacrifice that makes right, of something of value offered that puts the world at rights with its maker. And what Jesus does this night and through the coming hours and most especially on the cross is he turns that concept on its head. He upends it. For in Jesus Christ, God offers himself his very self, his body and blood as the sacrifice that makes right, the offering that reconciles us to our maker. As the old hymn puts it, Jesus is both, both priest and victim in the Eucharistic feast. God offers himself for love's sake to set us free. And each time we gather around that altar, even when we cannot physically share the gifts, we proclaim and remember and recall that offering made perfectly once and for all. And we join ourselves to Christ and unite our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to his. Foot washing, Eucharist, they're two actions among a small group huddled together that turned the world upside down. It's a quiet night here in New York. Most of us, save a few of us here in the church, are huddled at home with our families, 
We can't wash one another's feet in quite the same way. We certainly can't share Christ's body and blood together in quite the same way. But Christ, make no doubt about it, friends, Christ is among us, both here at St. James and wherever you are. Christ is here and longs to hold and to wash. Christ is here and longs to feed us with his life that he might live in us and we in him forever. Liturgy collapses that space and time and makes all that possible. So in just a few moments, when the time comes, I hope that you will actually do, as Brenda said in the greetings, and wash the feet of those you might be sheltering in place with. Or if you're alone, to wash your own. And remember that it is Christ who holds and who washes, who is the balm, and who heals. And then when it comes time for communion, I hope that you will join with us here in the church and pray that prayer for the spiritual reception of communion and feed richly on Christ in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving. Amazing things happen in upper rooms among a small group of people huddled together. It was true then. It can be true now. I'll leave you with this. Psalm 31, verse 21, praises the Lord who has shown his wonders of love in a besieged city. By faith, we know that Christ is here, even among us, even amid the pain and the grief of this city under siege. He's here to hold and to heal, to feed and to inspire, and as a very icon of that love that cannot die. He's here through the long night to come. Just as the reserve sacrament will shine bright in that altar of repose, even while we strip the church for our service of Good Friday tomorrow, Christ abides even as the world swirls. Christ comes to us in our locked rooms even as the world is on shutdown. Christ reigns, reigns even when the forces of death appear to be in charge. The streets may be quiet. We may be huddled together. But that's precisely when amazing things happen. So let's be open. Let's receive that love that Christ longs to give. And let's never fail to pass it on. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.